Welcome to another installment of Engineering Money, the podcast where some full-time engineers give their two cents on the financial news of the week. My name is Ben. I am a civil engineer in Washington State. My name's Tim. I'm a mechanical engineer in Indianapolis. And I'm Joey, a food products engineer in Minneapolis. Awesome. We got some good stuff coming up this week. Um, A lot of news that we presented last week um, that sort of came to fruition. Uh, We've got a lot of IPOs that we got to sort of debrief on from last week and some good predictions coming up. Um, Yeah. Uh, Tim, you want to kick us off, though? Gosh, snow is crazy. Oh, my goodness. Snowflake. Yeah, Snowflake. They were supposed to open at 120, which was already above where they were supposed to IPO. And then when it started trading publicly on, what was it, like Thursday? Uh, I think it was Friday. Or, yeah, Wednesday, Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. Uh, the IPO was Tuesday, got priced in, then opened up. Wednesday. Yeah, and then it, it was like $250. Yeah, the open was 245 And I was so mad that I had to buy some because I said that I would. Uh-huh. <laughs> Warren Buffett got in on the IPO. Yeah, and he got in at like 120 Yeah, I, I don't know exactly how that behind-the-scenes stuff works, but I guess... The official IPO price was 120, but then retail investors scrambling to get a slice of that drove the price up to 245 at the open, and then during that day, it went up to as high as 319. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, I bought it after it like dove down from 319. Mm-hmm. But- it's still gone down from there, but I'm I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, it's it's now sitting at 2:40 after the close on Friday. Oh well, which is it's I interesting um, how you know the volatility was all over there. But I I think this is my hypothesis about why it's it's going down is just that it got priced way way over what they said the snowflake people said it should be, which means mm-hmm. either they didn't really understand how people would value their own company or all that price inflation was just from undue hype. But it seems like either way, it didn't belong there. And so it makes sense that it's going down. The question is, will it stop? Um, I think it's kind of settled down personally because the way that it was moving down followed almost exactly um, all the other tech stocks last week that weren't doing great it's like the days that tech stocks were doing okay snowflake was doing better the days that tech stocks were going down snowflake was going down yeah and i mean i'm just gonna buy more if it goes down so (laughs) yeah we'll have to wait and see i i tried to check on robin tracks earlier today oh yeah to see sort of what the activity looks like in the really young uh, retail traders, but it it hasn't updated yet. They they haven't put up a snow chart. Yeah, I'd imagine um, that takes a minute. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see how the activity of it is looking once that gets updated. Yeah. So I'm going to sound like a broken record here. Or wait, are we still talking about IPOs? 
Oh, the other one that was last week was Unity. That that one I, I'm more bullish on. They're, oh, they're yeah. The... I'm way bullish on Unity, too. Yeah. I, I forgot to buy some. They also had a big price increase at open. They opened at 75. And then over the course of the day, they went down a little. But it, it seems to be a much more, like, healthy place than the hype of Snowflake. Yeah, they're at 68 right now. Yeah. So and that, the they only that had got... one day of trading that week, so I mm-hmm. think yeah. next mm-hmm. week is really their debut, and and I'm I'm bullish on them. Yeah, the thing that I really like about Unity, I went through their uh, filings. Um, they mention a ton about how they're looking forward in the coming years to expand outside of the realm of video game creation and using their program uh, like. Uh, adapting it for architects right. and engineers and modelers of all Whoa. sorts of professions, like expanding past just video game yeah, applications, which totally works with their software. Exactly, because you think, oh, Unity, they're the, the thing behind Temple Run and those games I know, but they're not the ones making the games. They designed the engine that the game is played on. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, fine. So I think, I think there are big things for Unity. Yeah, I just can't wait till fractional shares open up on Robinhood. What? They're already fractional shares. I mean, but are they for Unity? Oh, probably not. Yeah, I think that it takes takes a little bit. I think the first day they didn't have fractional shares going. Yeah. And I didn't have sixty eight dollars on what my Robinhood account. What are you Robin talking Hood about, Joey? You need to you need to make transaction in thousands of shares. Or you're not even really trying. Yeah, Joey. Robin Who even has are you? Instant deposit access. <laughs> it's 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 you know like a wise man once said, if you can't make a year's salary on that trade, it's not even worth making. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> All um, right, Tim. You had you had some uh, broken record news. Yeah, for us. I'm gonna sound like a broken <laughs> record, but I still do not like Nicola. Um. Mm. <laughs> I put a, a video link in the stonk chat in our discord. I think Ben looked at it earlier. Um, but basically Nicola posted this video that was like, uh, what day was it on? Uh, January 25th. So this was a while ago. Yeah. You know, 2018. Um, and, just so that uh, report that I talked about last week, this is just a little bit of a, a dive further in there. So they actually asked the Nicola people about that video, um, like directly. And they, well, let me, let me describe the video. It shows a Nicola one semi truck, um, seemingly traveling under its own power at a high rate of speed. Except angles in the video were edited to make it appear as though the semi was moving on a roadway that was flat. But, really, it was just going downhill. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And the kicker That's is... That's misleading. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the kicker is that um, in the uh, video description, it says, Behold, the 1,000 horsepower zero emission Nikola one semi truck in motion and 
you know, they the Nicola people claimed, well, it's fine because we said in motion. We didn't say it was traveling under its own power. <laughs> it was in motion. So the so the misleading part then is the horsepower. Yeah, yeah, and that's what they said. <laughs> the people in this report said, I mean, obviously the truck can't have 1,000 horsepower, or even one, if it doesn't power itself. It's not on. It's like, yeah. look at the Tesla Roadster out in space. Look how fast it's going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah. I, I still think, next Theranos, if you're invested in Nikola, um, I mean, it might have good gains, but I don't see it uh, for now, but I don't see it as being a, uh, a long-term Well, you, you know good who just bought investment. Last Who? week, um, $1.28 million in Nikola shares. Their CEO, Who? Trevor Milton, he was, he was he scooping bought? up some shares. Oh, it's probably so we can sell them again and buy another house. <laughs> and then he can have his company install more solar panels on his house so that they can get some more revenue. There you go, <laughs> see? <laughs> but... Um, yeah, that's that's all I had. I promise I'll have uh, non-Nicola news next week. <laughs> I mean, it's fine if there, yeah, there's new stuff, and it's it it makes me think more and more that you might be right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my goal, Ben. I think wow. Tim's view on Nicola is becoming more and more mainstream. I think I'll finally get fully on board with you, Tim, when you tell me that the, the um, strike and ex- expiration of the puts that you buy. <laughs> ben, I'm not doing puts. I'm doing shorts. Oh, you're just shorting it. Well, I'm not actually because I don't have the balls. <laughs> <laughs> well, Fair good enough. luck with that then, Tim. <laughs> um, so I had a sort of different prediction. Um, it was obviously from from my gospel the barons Mm. Ah. um there is an article that i liked that i wanted to talk about with you guys about cash and i'm sure you guys have noticed um that cash is is no longer being accepted at certain places is that true where you guys are sometimes um it's not very often but occasionally see a sign no the at the mire by me they don't do cash at the self checkouts anymore, but they still do cash at the one the checkouts with people. Okay, yeah, because in Washington it's getting pretty popular. Um, there are very few places now that actually accept cash. They they want everything to be card transactions. Um, and the Barons, whoever who wrote this article, Darren Fonda. Darren Fonda. He, yeah, he noticed it too um, and wrote an article about it and had a few uh, bullish plays based on that. So talking about credit cards, if you can't have cash anymore, you know, it's the credit card companies and then it's all of the pure digital transaction companies. Yeah. So there are things like PayPal and Square. Those are probably the two biggest ones um the card networks that they they kind of like in the barons they 
They had MasterCard and Visa. I not I like Visa. I think we've talked about Visa before well, on the show. Yeah, it's got just a one-letter ticker. Right. That means it's a staple. It's obviously good. Yep. Um, and then the other two that were kind of interesting were the payment processors, which are not everyday, like name brand. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Household names. Right. So they're the people behind the scenes that actually process all of those card transactions and have all that uh, data uh, space available. So the one is global payments. And the interesting thing about it, so all of these other ones, like the card networks and then the like Square and PayPal, they're all up this year, especially Square and PayPal. Mm -hmm. They're up a ton because they're part of that tech craze. Um, but global payments is down year to date. Oh, really? And they, uh, they partner with Amazon and they sell cloud-based services to banks and merchants for, for like prepaid cards and yeah. bank tech stuff. So it's interesting uh, I'm going to have to do some more research into them because uh, that could be a nice budget move, a nice cheap play. And especially if cash is going to continue this trend, well, it's just easier now. It's I easier think that, to use your plastic. That, that uh, like, yeah, there's a trend because it's less easy to use cash. But also mm -hmm. it just like, I think cash belongs on its way out. It's just annoying. No one wants to carry around cash. And I saw a statistic somewhere, something like $100 bills, the majority of $100 bills in circulation are not used for, like, legal purposes. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's like, if, if we just got rid of all $100 bills, then the vast majority of that decision would not be affecting, like, household consumers, because... Who carries around hundreds? But Joey, how right. am I gonna uh, buy all of my unregistered firearms? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the last one that was on this list was Fidelity mm. Information Services. FIS is the ticker. But they do this basically the same thing as Global Payments. They handle uh, payment processing for banks. Um, and has some pretty big clients like they just won Disney Plus so all the Disney oh. Plus transactions go through Fidelity neat uh, which is kind of cool yeah so I, I thought that was a pretty interesting article it's something that's easy to understand because you kind of see it in everyday life and it's not going to change really anytime in the near future so yeah. all these places are going to keep increasing their annual revenues like mastercard and visa they're both up 25 to 30 percent this year on just revenue but their stocks have only gone up uh mastercard's gone up 14 percent and visa's only gone up nine percent so there's not quite the match yet so yeah ben um 
I got some bad news for you, though. Uh-oh. I was checking my gospel. <gasps> what yeah. does Yahoo Finance say? Yahoo Finance says that global payments is overvalued and their estimated return is a negative 10 percent oh no oh oh my gosh and they say that fidelity national information services that's what it was right yeah they mm -hmm. say its estimated return is a negative 48 percent big ouch oh my god but visa they still they think is a that's so weird though because if you look at all the other things on your gospel like this fair value thing i i am oh yeah I'm the fair sure value is completely arbitrary i think because i'm look yeah i'm looking at fidelity charts, national information services on fidelity and they're shown slightly on the undervalued side yeah and then <laughs> if you look if you like scroll down on yahoo finance for uh, global payments all of the analysts are saying strong buy or buy and it's way below all the price targets. Well, whoever makes the uh, the value decisions at Yahoo Finance does not like global payments. I wonder, I wonder how often they update that fair yeah. value. I don't know. Well, yeah, and their one-year target estimate about. is 208 compared to right. the 179 it's at right now. Yeah. Yeah, they always have a lot of conflicting information. Like, their performance outlook on the graph is um, up for short, mid, and long term. But they're estimating a negative return. Gotcha. Huh. Who knows? What does Visa say? Visa, they're, they're uh, short -term fair bullish. value. Long term. Short term. Short-term bullish, but oh, no. then it's Short -term estimating uh, long-term. Yeah, bullish. Six percent estimated return right now, but yeah. it's a strong buy by everybody. Most everyone. <laughs> oh well. So that's my news. That's my predictions that I wanted to talk about. Joey, I heard you wanted to talk about wine. Oh yeah. So I was back in my hometown this weekend uh, for a wedding and I saw an old friend who owns a grocery store and regularly buys and sells wine and he was talking to me about it and it was like ridiculous the the kind of returns that he can get on these bottles of wine he he was telling me this story about um he bought some wine in 1999 because it was like uh, the new millennium vintage coming out. He in 1999 he like paid for wine that was going to be made in 2000, and so it was this special edition wine. And then he sold it. He yeah. bought it uh, six bottles, so one case of wine for ninety dollars a bottle. Uh, by my standards, that's some pretty fancy wine. It's pretty fancy wine, yeah. Uh, then five years later, I think it was, he sold it to some guy in California, forget how he got connected with him, but he sold it to that guy for $1,000 a bottle. What? Oh, man. And he heard that that guy in California was scouring the country for these bottles 
found my guy in Indiana who happened to have six, picked him up for $6,000. So he had then a big stockpile of essentially all of these bottles that still existed and sold them to a buyer in Japan for twice that price. Oh my gosh. So it's, it's just like crazy. If you know the ins and outs of that kind of business, it's like ridiculous. The, the rate of change on those, on those Mm -hmm. values. It also is crazy how much there is to know about wine and like, Oh, this year is going to be a good growing season for such and such reason. And so maybe in five years, the, this wine is going to be more valuable, but right now you don't want to buy wine from France because the price is too inflated. It's a whole world out there. Yeah. And then, a little while ago, I was reading about the same thing, but with whiskey. Because there's some, like, stupid high prices that people are paying for whiskey now. Hmm. Um, but I don't know. I At some point, with, like, the super expensive wines and stuff, I'm a little bit wary. Um, like, I mean, I, I already do some wine investing. Um, but... All my bottles are less than a hundred dollars each. Mm-hmm. Huh. Like, and there there are some like ones that are like multiple thousands of dollars. Obviously, I don't have that type of money to throw around. So the main reason I don't invest in those, but also, I I can't. I haven't decided yet if it's just like the. Uh, I don't know where it's kind of a racket, like the the mark or the art market. Mm-hmm where things go for millions of dollars and I'm pretty sure it's just for uh, tax evasion purposes. And hype. And hype. It's all yeah. about the hype. Well, sure, but but that's I mean, it's everything's all about hype, you know? It's you can make millions of dollars by by getting the right hype on Bitcoin. You can make millions of dollars by getting the right hype on art. Yeah. And I think it, it's definitely the right comparison to, you know, whiskey and wine that are in these high class grades are just like any fine art or painting same type of market yeah i guess you could argue that a wine is like a a fine painting joey (laughs) but in your mouth (laughs) and everybody knows when you go to the grocery store you pick out the bottle of wine based off of the picture right on it you absolutely judge the book by its cover (laughs) in that situation it's the only way to buy sometimes bottle shape that's also how I buy craft beer. It had better have a cool mm-hmm. drawing on the front. Oh, yeah. That's why Gumball Head is worth so much. Oh, exactly. Three Floyds. They they, they know about their... Uh, they've got a good art department. Yeah. On an unrelated right. note, you guys know what I saw today? I saw a commercial what? like on television... For QQQ, the ETF. I'd never they seen. They run those ads all the time on CNBC. I, I guess I'd need to watch more CNBC because I, I never this. But this wasn't. I mean, CNBC makes sense. This was on, this was on CBS Sunday Morning Show. Um, oh, weird. <laughs> yeah, and it's like this ad for QQQ. I'm like, what? <laughs> it was right next to all the like reverse mortgage and. Uh, um, you know, medication commercials because there's a definitely an uh, older skewed audience for that show. But 
Yeah. I don't know. I'd never seen it before, but it was neat. Well, <laughs> yeah, I've never seen an, an ad for an investment or an ETF before. Especially You've the, never watched CNBC then. But I, I feel like QQQ <laughs> is a funny one because it's just the NASDAQ. It, you know, yeah. there's some ETFs that are like, oh, look at us. We have such a good strategy or whatever. It's like, yeah, or hey, you should like, be invested in the NASDAQ. Yeah, it's kind of just a strange concept. Well, I mean, you can kind of think about the that the same way as why does Coke still run ads mm-hmm. or McDonald's? Why are there McDonald's commercials? That's yeah, fair. I guess when they want people to think like, oh, I've got money. Where should I invest it? They want one of the first things to be in their head. Oh, I'll just put it in QQQ. That's a good old trusty place to put it. Yeah, it's yeah, that's fair. We are not sponsored by Triple Q. <laughs> I wish we were. That'd be cool. Thanks everybody for listening in this week. Yeah. Um, and yeah. sleep good. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>